Well, everyone, the dream is dead. Only yesterday, the second Studio Ghibli movie not to be directed by Hayao Miyazaki, but instead by Asao Takahata, the same person that made Grave of the Fireflies, was not a winner in my book. I hate to say, in fact, I struggled to stay awake during it. <laughs> but I feel like this might actually just be a monumentally bad take from me, because it's the first Studio Ghibli movie I've watched that has a 100% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes from 56 reviews. Um, everyone seems to love this. I, I don't know why. Sure, it's got those beautiful painted Ghibli scenes, and like the animation quality is really good unless it's the people or the vehicles or any of the flashback scenes that the original story came from. Uh, this movie was based on a manga series also called Only Yesterday. Hayao Miyazaki actually originally was the one that thought the manga would be a good one for an adaptation, but the product was deemed unanimatable. So instead, he worked on My Neighbor Totoro. The idea was given to Takahata by him, though. Similarly to how Grave of the Fireflies was a period drama, this is also a period drama. That's a joke, you have to watch the movie to find out, I'm not explaining it to you. How do you like that, you bastards? I'm gonna start holding jokes hostage if you refuse to watch these movies. I don't care if you're supporting me, watch the original media too. It follows uh, Teiko Okajima. She's 27 years old and unmarried and has lived the entirety of her life in Tokyo, except for one vacation she took to the countryside with her grandma when she was in fifth grade. She decides to take another trip there so she can help with the safflower harvest as a form of workcation, just kind of keep the mind and hands busy while also not being at your Tokyo job. Except the whole trip is plagued by those memories where you're laying late in bed and you remember something embarrassing you did a long time ago. Except the things aren't usually embarrassing and uh, they're all from her fifth grade self and none of them are important and they all are extremely drawn out and very slow and very dull and barely anything happens in any of them. One of them they just try pineapple. That's literally it. They just get a pineapple. They wait a day. They figure out how to cut the pineapple. They cut the pineapple. They serve the pineapple. She takes a bite out of the pineapple. Her sister takes a bite out of the pineapple. Her other sister takes a bite out of the pineapple. Her mother takes a bite out of the pineapple. Her father takes a bite out of the pineapple. Her grandma takes a bite out of the pineapple. Nobody likes the pineapple. Everybody thinks the pineapple is mediocre at best. They all eat bananas instead. And if you thought listening to me say that was boring, it takes so much longer in the movie. Oh my god, I wanted to tear my fucking eyes out. I hated it. I feel like it's kind of the point. Part of the pacing was supposed to be extremely slow as a way of showing, well, her life's not really moving anywhere. But also, if you listen to Taiko, the main character, uh, she's very happy with her life. She's uh, just living it up with her friends in Tokyo and having a good time. And literally every other adult character is like, hmm, how come you aren't married? Hmm, get a, get a husband. Hmm. And I think that's pretty uh, shitty things to do. You don't just ask somebody why they're not in a relationship or married. Uh, I don't think a woman's happiness should only be defined on if they're married to a man or not. I think that's just fucking stupid. And I uh, really was hoping that the ending would be her finding some way to be happy on her own because she was saying that she was happy and I hoped maybe everyone else would realize that or it would be proven true. But I guess uh, 1991 Japan was not progressive enough for that, no sir, because the entire movie ends with her just falling for the guy that everyone was telling her to fall for. Like, the guy, Toshio, he's a pretty good guy. 
He's a good character. He's a hard-working farmer boy, and uh, he's got a good heart, and he clearly likes her, like, that's obvious, but also, the reason that they get together is because she tells him about one of her waking fifth-grade nightmares that she's had throughout the entire movie, and it's like, oh, I used to sit next to this boy, and he was always dirty and gross, and he acted like a thug, so I hated him, and then he wouldn't shake my hand, so he didn't like me because I hated him, but also, maybe I didn't hate him because I felt bad for him, but... Also, maybe he didn't hate me because boys pick on girls that they like at that age. And then Toshio's like, yep, all boys do it. Women don't know what a uh, guy showing affection looks like. And then she's like, hmm, maybe that means he's showing me affection. And it does because it's obviously set up to be that way. But it's like, <laughs> how is that what finally convinced you? Why is that the thing? Why is, yeah, little boys pick on women that they like. And he didn't do that. He didn't pick on you. But I guess the whole, I, just, I, I, I really disliked her character arc over this. I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> I thought it was going to end well. Actually, the ending scene of that happening, it plays out over the credits and it's wordless. Like, she had just left and then she has this realization on the train while the credits are playing. And the phantom ghost children of her past are, like, haunting her. They all, like, start rooting for her, and she gets on a different train going back towards the town, and then he was already driving out to meet her because of course he was, and then uh, they it's implied that they get married because the whole point of her coming back was because the guy's grandma was like, you guys should you guys should get married. You like working out here on your workcation. Why not just live in the countryside forever and marry this man? They make a good couple, so you're happy to see it, and the credits are very nice and better animated than the rest of the movie, in my opinion, because it's, like, bright colors and it's happy and it does something fast. Like, there's always something happening on screen. There's no super fucking long freezes and just waiting and waiting and waiting like the goddamn pineapple scene or any of the other flashbacks. But the ending essentially amounts to, yep, this woman does not have any value if she doesn't marry this man. And I think that is really fucking stupid. So I already hated uh, all of the cut-ins and I hated the framing device for the cut-ins. The framing device being the adult woman. She didn't exist in the manga. That was a movie-only thing to add like a sort of viewpoint for why she'd be thinking about all these events and how they affected her growing up. Uh, some fantastic events like her being a little brat and trying to get attention from her parents by being a brat and uh, her dad hitting her, which was like really fucking sad because the dad was the only likable character in the movie up until that point. And the lesson that she took away from that in her modern 27-year-old wisdom was yeah, maybe my dad should have hit me more, because if I got hit more, then the one time he hit me wouldn't feel so bad. <sighs> and from that point on, the dad's a dick, even though he was pretty likable up until that point. One of the other flashbacks is she does a school play, and she gets one of those off-rolls where you only get one line, and you're like, I think it was Village Girl number one is literally the name of the character. And uh, she makes the most out of it, and she actually gives like a really good physical performance to go along with her one line. So a university comes and they're like, hey, we would like her to be a child character in our play that we're doing. And she's really excited and her mom's really excited and both of her older sisters are really excited and they're not usually excited for her because they think she's stupid because she can't divide fractions. But like who, who wasn't who didn't have trouble dividing fractions at some point, but also they think that, oh, I mean, she fell down the stairs once. So maybe she's too stupid and ruined to do fractions. Maybe we need to get her IQ tested and they just bully her for that because her fucking sisters are awful and her mom is awful and her grandma started off i thought this is going to be a lovable story about a mom and or not a mom a girl and her grandma having fun adventures in the countryside and she's going to learn to appreciate the countryside but no the grandma becomes a bitch eventually too but the father uh here's how excited everyone is about the musical and the 
uh, Tycho getting the role in it, and he's like, no, no theater in this house. And everyone's like, but why? And he's like, I don't like it. I don't like theater. You're not allowed to do it, even though it's literally the one thing you've proven to be good at other than writing essays. So I guess fuck her, I guess. And then uh, the role gets given to a different girl in her class, and she's telling her mom about it at the market. And her mom's like, well, you'd be kind of a bitch if you uh, told anybody that they asked for you first. How would that girl feel if everyone knew that she was her second choice instead of the first choice? It's su- such bad parenting. <laughs> Everything this family is doing is setting up for their child to hate them. And I'm so glad they don't show up in the 27-year-old segment of the, ho- the, the, the film because that means that at least one good thing could have happened off screen. Either they all died or she fucking just cut off all contact and doesn't talk to those toxic assholes anymore. Speaking of toxic assholes, let's start talking about other characters in this movie, because all of them except for Toshio are toxic assholes. Toshio just kind of gets lumped in with his whole uh, grandma telling her to propose to him, because yeah, he'll probably take it. You can always tell when a guy's in love, but also the whole point is you can never tell when a guy's in love, so it makes it a realization. It's stupid. Okay, the younger characters, the classmates, among them specifically one, well, there's two that are memorable, and one of them is probably one of the worst characters in this movie uh Sunico, she is <laughs> she's the she's the type of girl that uh the class period's almost over and she's like hey teacher aren't you going to check last night's homework but turned up to 11 right she's just a bratty annoying child to even more of an extent than Taiko or Taiko Heck, I don't it doesn't matter I don't care anymore to a greater extent than the main character <laughs> Like, one of the weird things in this movie is the mom has an obsession with Taiko eating all the food on her plate, even if she really doesn't like it, which I think is also bad parenting, but um, it's neither here nor there. I'm not a parent. It doesn't matter. Uh, so Taiko and this boy she sits next to, which isn't the boy I mentioned earlier that she sat next to, the dirty one. It's a different boy that she sits next to now because it's a different school year, I guess. Um, but how can fifth grade be a different school year? How does she have two different boys that she sits next to? That doesn't... I, I just... <laughs> the pieces don't fit. I, I, I very much disliked this movie. But uh, there's these rules in their lunch, and they're not allowed to leave more than one type of food on their plate. So they have to eat everything, and they're allowed to not eat one thing. And she's chugging her bowl of milk because she doesn't want to eat her red onion, or her like pickled onions, I think is what it was. And uh, the boy that sits next to her hates milk, so he's like, hey, you took my milk, I'll take your onions. And then uh, they do it, and it's like, okay, I mean, I guess, if you gotta break the rule, break the rule. But then <laughs> Sunako is like, I think all of us are way too spoiled, and we should have to eat all of our food, even if we hate it. So, like, why? Why you gotta throw a homie down like that? And Sunako's one of her friends, so I don't know why it's like, why are you trying to fuck over your friend? But also, they're all little elementary school girls, which means they're evil, and the majority of their plot revolves around uh, bullying. There's this boy in a different class named Hirota, and he told his classroom's group of mean chicks uh, that he likes Taiko, and they wrote it on a wall for him because they were like, hmm, if you love her so much, why don't you make it eternal? And then they went and told her class, like, hey, Hirota has a crush on Taiko, even though Taiko doesn't fucking know who Hirota is. And then uh, they just leave. So the the other girls from Taiko's class, which includes Sunako, like her group of mean girls from that class, they go over and they're like, yeah, Taiko fucking hates you. You're the worst. 
and they didn't even ask Keiko if she liked him or not or anything, and then the guy's like, what? What are you talking about? And the girls from his class are like, oh, yeah, we wrote it on the wall because fuck you, and he's like, but I didn't do that. Why? <laughs> and he's, he's a good character. I'd say Hirota is one of the three good characters in this movie. I'm looking at the full cast right now, and I think there are a total of three good characters. <laughs> it's uh, Toshio, which is the guy that she falls for in the end. It's Hirota, which was the boy that she falls for in the beginning, but it literally doesn't go anywhere. She just repeats the line that he used on her, and uh, it's to herself on the train before any of the actual plot starts, because this movie's stupid. Um, and then there's uh, Rie, Rie, another girl from her class, and that has to do with the whole period piece joke that I made earlier, so uh, let's get into that. I, I love you guys too much to hold the joke hostage, I'm sorry. I, I hope that at least you felt that fear and felt what I was taking away from you, even though you know I would never hurt you like that. I would like to immediately apologize for that kiss and the gross mouth sounds that led up to it. I don't know what I was thinking, that's just bad audio, I'm sorry. Uh, periods. So... The girls go to a thing about how they're all going to start experiencing the changes of womanhood, and that's that's all fine and good. Uh, I, I believe in a proper uh, sex education regimen. I think that's something everybody should have. It's stupid to teach abstinence only, but that's, that's not what they do. They're not teaching them about sex. They're just teaching them you're going to get your period soon. And all of the girls are, like, sworn to secrecy about it because it's a taboo subject, and a lot of guys are fucking stupid around periods, can't even think about them without getting weirded out. And uh, Rie is explaining to Taoko, take, fuck, Taiko that uh, it's normal and uh, there, there are early developers who get theirs before everyone, like bigger and taller girls, I think what she describes it as. So Taiko asks, like, how do you know all this stuff already? And she's like, oh, my mom told me because I was an early developer, blah, blah, blah. So Taiko's like, whoa, you already get your period. And like, there's, I don't know how long the scene was, it felt like 20 to 25 minutes of this movie's two-hour runtime, so like a fourth of the movie being devoted to children periods is really weird, but also it's like a coming-of-age story for women, so it makes sense, but it's just not for me. It's not something I enjoyed watching, especially when the majority of it was uh, Rie getting bullied because she wasn't as uncomfortable about getting her period, so she casually mentioned it, to, mentioned it to one of the boys, so then all of the boys start like flipping up the girls' skirts, and, like, making a bunch of jokes, like, oh, see you next period, and stuff like that, and, and talking about, like, dress-up day, and, like, lifting skirts, and it, it's really weird, because it's children, and, like, they, all the girls are like, oh, pervert, and it's like, I don't know, this is, this is the part that's making me uncomfortable, yeah, sure, talk about periods, that's fine, but it's, <laughs> it's gross, <laughs> seeing all of these little boys get so horned up about periods in, in fucking fifth grade, I don't, ah, that, <laughs> I don't remember that happening in my elementary school experience, but <laughs> man, do they just let it drag on in this movie. <laughs> I really hope it wasn't actually that bad as they portrayed in this movie and it's exaggerated for the film because if this actually did happen to some people to this extent, then I fucking hate children. I said it last episode. I think they're animals. I'll say it again. Ugh. It's literally just straight-up sexual assault, and it gets pushed aside as, oh, boys will be boys, no adult intervenes. Dumb, it's so stupid. And since Rie was the only one handling the situation maturely and being like, oh, yeah, it's a natural thing, uh, everyone, including Sunako, the bitch, uh, just starts bullying her. Everyone's like, oh, you, you probably liked him. 
why did you have to tell everyone? It's a secret thing. Only girls are allowed to know about it. And I think a lot of the taboo comes from the fact that boys aren't told anything about it. And they don't really find out until later in middle school when they're also going through those fucking horny changes. And it's like, all right, let's combine hormones and a lack of knowledge and uh, just let it happen and then not police it at all. You know, it's not like this was ever preventable. This wasn't a foreseen outcome. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm I'm a guy. I, I never had a dress for anybody to lift up and look under. So maybe every girl in fifth grade was just getting their skirt flipped. I don't... Maybe just because I never saw it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't doubt that it does happen to a degree. But I don't think that the entire school was literally taken over with every single guy doing it. What other bullshit was in this? Uh, I was talked about... How much I hated the past, I've talked about how much I hated the present. You know the one good scene in this movie? There's a how it's made section, and it's talking about harvesting the safflowers and turning them into rouge dye, and then dyeing sheets and stuff. And it's literally just, uh, I watched the English dub for this because, this one I actually had a specific reason for watching the English dub, uh, G-Kids was the first English dub, and they released it in 2016, even though this movie was released in 1991. So... There wasn't an English version of this movie until just a few years ago. They made it for the 25th anniversary of the movie. So I got the pleasure of watching a How It's Made section, which also goes on too long, but at least it's in that way where... I don't know if you guys ever do a thing where you just put on How It's Made or similar shows like it so you can just relax and kind of zone out, and there's all the mechanical stuff and all the, like, the repetitive motions and the calming voice, and it's just... It's like a good thing to help people go to sleep if they need sound to go to sleep. I think so, anyway. But uh, it's just Daisy Ridley, because she's the voice of Teiko as the 27-year-old version. And she's just explaining from harvest to dying the entire process in a very uh, soothing way. And I loved that section, and I loved the credits, even though I didn't like what led up to the credits or the fact that it basically spits in the face of any value I thought the movie could have had. But, hey, maybe maybe women can't be happy unless they're married to a man, so. But even those two good scenes that I enjoyed uh, are ruined by the fact that they tried to animate the faces in the 27-year-old timeline, like not the flashbacks, because the flashbacks are animated really simplistically, and it's like cloudy around the edges, like you're trying to recall a memory, and I think that works, but also it doesn't give you enough interesting shit to look at when it's doing all the boring pineapple shit. It's just sitting there, and there's like three things, and none of them are moving, and it's just, a, it's just you're just looking at a picture. You're looking at a picture for like four or five seconds, and then someone takes a bite out of pineapple, and then it cuts to a different person, and they take like four or five seconds, and then they bite out of a pineapple. I know it wasn't exactly four or five seconds. I'm exaggerating that a little bit, but that's how long it felt. It felt like that scene took a fucking hour. I hated it, but there are other scenes that take just as long. All of the memory scenes are so slow, like she's struggling to recall the memory. Maybe that's what they were going for. There's got to be some artistic value here. I'm missing. This movie can't be so highly rated and well-received <laughs> to be this bad. But in the future, well, not the future, the present, the 27-year-old timeline, um, all of the animation was made for the dub, right? So it's supposed to match the facial muscle movements with the speech that's being spoken on screen and uh, that sounds whoa technical so cool so good and it is kind of cool because it's like the lip flaps move and they match 
but also it makes every character look like an old person because they super overdid the amount of wrinkles and where they placed them. So like everyone just looks old and gross and wrinkly and it ruins it. And also there's a car in this movie. It's a white car. It's like a little two-door sedan and uh, they drive it around a lot and it never matches. It doesn't, there are these beautiful painted backdrops, like there's a painted parking lot and it's beautiful and everything matches, but the car just sticks out and you can tell that that's the one piece that's animated and it moves and it doesn't match anything light-wise. It doesn't look like it's there. It looks like it's sitting on top of the screen. It just looks like a toy car in place of this beautiful hand-drawn setting and it's bad. So between that and the faces, I think this movie's animation is just fucking ruined. I think it's gross and I don't like it. (laughs) I didn't hate this movie as much going into this recording session. I didn't intend to just sit here and list reasons for 20 minutes longer than any other episode I've done about how much I love other movies. And I love those other movies more than I hate this movie. (laughs) But there's just so much I, I, I don't get or enjoy about this movie it was a slog to sit through it was two hours long i think that's the longest one i've watched so far i god the soundtrack wasn't even as good it's like norwegian folk music and there's some good norwegian folk music i just didn't think this was the good norwegian folk music i listened to pretty much anything and (laughs) this wasn't it chief watch this movie form an opinion for yourself but i am glad to be rid of it I took a nap after this one with Elo, too, as the cat. I don't know if I've ever actually said the name of my cat on a recording. Most of the people listening are people I know at this point, but I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll find some fans that have never even heard of me in real life before. Uh, My cat's name is Elo. It stands for Electric Light Orchestra. She's a very good girl. Um, But after this movie, I was struggling to stay awake during it. So I was like, all right, Elo, you and I are going to take a depression nap and not the good kind of depression nap like after Grave of the Fireflies, which is a masterpiece, but the bad kind, which is after this, which is something, something I don't understand. My brain cannot comprehend the enigma of how this movie is successful. Watch it. Form your own opinion. Somebody convince me this is as good as everyone says it is, please. I am very happy to announce that the movie next week is going to be Porco Rosso, another Hayao Miyazaki uh, classic. It's got Joe Hisaishi. This is one of my favorite ones that I experienced for the first time in the Ghibli Fest. So I'll probably have a lot to say about the Ghibli Fest experience with that. I'll talk about some times that I brought friends with it, but I'll save that for that. It's also got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like pretty fucking high, and I think it deserves it a lot more than only yesterday. I'm already starting to talk about Porco Rosso because I'm so excited to talk about a good movie again. Um, I want to have all of the, uh, social media stuff done by this weekend, which means before the next episode, uh, I should have all the links to that in all of the descriptions and going forward, it should be an effective way for me to communicate with everyone. So look forward to that. And aside from that, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. I just don't want to. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.